0: As a backup. This morning, we're going to be in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're going to continue our sermon series on More Like Jesus. One of the things Jesus did was he prayed for people. So please take the name you got today and pray for that person this coming weekend. I would encourage you, if you would even be so bold, Come by sometimes this week, pull in the parking lot across the street where the youth building is at, and just say a prayer while you're over there about this weekend coming up. If you want to get out and even touch the building, hey, we cool with that. I mean, you pray for this weekend, and we will see a great thing happen next week. We are going to have a special service next week where we'll be partnering with our partner church. We're going to have a joint service next week. Uh, Alex Gailey is going to be here to preach and his worship team is going to lead worship. And we're going to be having a service together with them next Sunday. Uh, And it's going to be very, very special. So today we're going to continue our series on more like Jesus. We're in Mark chapter 5 and at the end of February. So if you haven't counted up the numbers... It's going to take us to Christmas to get through the book of Mark. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do that. Uh, Today, though, we're going to be focusing in on Mark chapter 5. Let me ask a question before we begin today. Do you know someone in your life who's really sick? Someone who's got something going on in their life, and they're really sick. they got health issues of some sort. It's very interesting that today's sermon is very specific. I don't know that I've ever preached this specific on this topic or not. I've usually lumped it in with other sermons like for storms and trouble and hurting and things of this nature. But today is specifically about someone who is sick physically or mentally or emotionally. Someone who has something that requires more than just a pat on the back. Someone who is sick. So when we know someone like that in our life, what do we do? How do we respond? How do we help them? How do we help the one who's got cancer? Or what about the one who has had something for years that they continue to struggle with like kidney stones? They've got something going on that causes chronic back pain where they cannot even move. Sickness That is debilitating. How do we respond? What do we do? Probably you know someone that you love very dearly that is sick. So today we're going to look at what Jesus did, how he responded to someone who was sick like this. And just to get you caught up as to what is going on and what is happening here, last week we saw Jesus cross over to the the, the Gentile side of the sea. He encounters a man that's that's demon-possessed, and we talked about just people that were messy. Messy people who are just unclean and dirty and filthy. And, and whenever Jesus cast out the demons, he then was sitting with the man, and the man is all well. He's doing good. He's not a mess anymore. He's clothed. And all the people were asking Jesus to leave. And Jesus is getting into the boat, and he tells the man, because the man's wanting to go with Jesus, and Jesus looks at him and says, stay here. And go and tell your family what has happened. So Jesus and his disciples get into the boat and they cross over to the other side. I want you to notice in the sequence of events, Jesus had one mission when he crossed the sea. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the storm, the demonic storm that tried to stop Jesus from getting to the other side. And when he gets over there, he encounters this demonic man. He sets him free and now Jesus is going back to the Jewish side. There's great power in understanding that. That didn't happen by accident. It was by design. Jesus leaves a man to begin to tell people about him. Now we pick up in chapter 5 at verse 21 where it says, When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. Jesus has has become very popular. He's been healing people. He's been casting out demons. He's been doing miracles. In fact, in a synagogue earlier, you will find that, that Jesus actually healed a man who had a withered up hand. He has done a lot of miracles. So everybody's coming to Jesus because it's a big deal. And while he's there on the seashore, after getting out of the boat, this large crowd gathers around him, there comes a synagogue official. Someone from the synagogue who probably saw the miracle earlier, who knows who Jesus is and comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, my daughter is sick and is dying. Would you please come heal her. She's only 12 years old by the way. I know as a father I'd give my life for my girls. I would go to no lengths to find help for my children. If I knew there was a solution 150 miles away and I had to walk every step to get there, I guarantee you I'd start walking today. Because for my girls I'll do anything and for my son, and for my wife. When it comes to family, you'll sacrifice for love. This man comes to Jesus and says, My daughter is sick and she's dying. Would you please come and heal her? Well, Jesus, apparently Jesus just agrees and says, Yes, I'll come. And so Jesus is walking toward this man's house. And the large crowd is still around him. His disciples are there. And people are moving as Jesus is moving down the street. And something happens while he's on his way that is different than any other miracle we read in Scripture. Verse 25 is where I want to pick up. A woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years. By the way... It took me uh, over 30 years to recognize that the little girl was how old? 12 years old. And this woman had an issue of blood for how long? 12 years. And I do not think it's a coincidence. I haven't figured it out yet. uh, But they're both 12 for some reason. But this woman had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. I want to talk just for a few moments about this woman. The woman that we are peering at here in this scripture, uh, as, as Mark is describing to us, the very first thing about the woman is, is that she encountered long-term Loss. You can write this down. She encountered long-term loss. We can see because it says here that she had had a hemorrhage for how long? Twelve years. And can I tell you something? That's a long time. It's a long, long time. And had endured much at the hands of many physicians. And had spent all that she had. And was not helped at all. But instead of getting better... Mark tells us she got worse. She even got worse. The idea of having suffered, that really carries with it a weight and a burden. Something that she would wake up with every day. It was something she could not escape from. It was something that would bring her down. That was something that she, she was out of control and could not help it. That she needed relief. And I am absolutely convinced she probably got to a point where she said to herself, things are never going to change. Things are always going to be this way. Because if you read, it says that she had spent all she had. She had gone to all these physicians and she had looked for a solution. But instead of getting better, it says that she got worse. So what happened was, She came to a place where she probably felt this is how I am and it's never going to be any different. Now, I want to give you an idea of some of the things that she lost in all this. There was a loss of control. She had no control over this issue of what was going on and and the stuff happening in her life completely. And whenever someone is sick... When someone has is, is, is got cancer or there's other issues going on in their life and they're sick, you know what they feel like? They're out of control. There's nothing they can do about it. How about those who have had the coronavirus? I mean, I had it and I'm laying in the bed and there was nothing I could do to fix it all I could do was take vitamins and 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 just pray that my wife would bring me something else and 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 just god let this day go move to the next day but there there are people who suffer with sicknesses day after day there are people around us who are sick and they deal with chronic pain day after day after day and it wears on them and they feel like they have a loss of control for 12 years. She had lost her identity of who she really was. She no longer was was seen as a lady that people could just be around and associate with, a lady that was, was able to care and help with people because she was unclean. She felt probably like things were never going to change. She had lost a sense of certainty That she could count on on things getting better and hope in her life. The only thing certain in her life was tomorrow she's going to wake up and probably be a little worse than she was today. That is not a good place to be. And what made it even worse, understand that in this culture As a Jewish woman, because she had this issue with blood, she was unclean. Nobody could touch her and she could touch nobody. Because if that takes place, if you just touch their clothes, if you just brush up against them, you're now unclean and you have to go through a cleansing ritual at the synagogue to get all clean so that you can actually be considered clean again. So she was also an outcast. She had to stay away from people. Don't you know the people in the town knew who she was? And when they saw her coming, they probably would turn and go the other way. Because they didn't want to be soiled. They didn't want to be around the sickness. They didn't want to be around the disease. They didn't want to get unclean being around this woman. So she was sick and pushed out and was not able to associate with people. She was quarantined. What's the longest time you've ever been quarantined? I mean, for us, it was 10 days, and I couldn't wait for those 10 days to be over. It used to be 14, and when I found on the CDC website that I could actually get out in 10 days, I was like, "Yell, yeah, baby, on that 10th day when it comes, I'm getting out of this house. Imagine this woman, sick, quarantined for years. Imagine the depth of loss in her life. It just seemed like things would never change. I am sure she had a loss of hope. Where at at first, 12 years earlier, she probably thought, There's something going on. Help me. There's something going on. I'll find somebody who can fix this problem. I can find somebody who's going to take care of this sickness. But instead, it grew worse and worse. And she began began to get lonelier and lonelier and had less and less hope. She was sick. Do not pretend there are not people in this world experiencing this same type of pain in their life because they're sick. There are people. There are people who are sick and losing hope. There are family members of those who are sick who are losing hope. They feel out of control. So, what are we to do? How are we to respond? in these situations are we just simply to ignore them and just say it will get better or should we be more like Jesus which option would you choose I personally want to choose the option to be more like Jesus because yeah. I think that's the right thing to do so let's peer into and, and get there but before we get to Jesus there's an important thing that you need to know about this woman In the midst of her sorrow, in the midst of her rejection, in the midst of her loneliness, in the midst of her hopelessness, of this chronic illness that she had, number two, someone told her about Jesus. She had heard about all these doctors. She had heard about all these these, uh, cures, these possibilities, and every one of them didn't work. But someone, for this woman who is an outcast, who was not accepted into the society, someone said, let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus is healing people. Jesus is changing lives. Maybe she heard the story about the man in the synagogue who had the withered hand and Jesus just simply said, stretch out your hand. And his hand was completely restored. Maybe she heard about people being sick. Or maybe the demon-possessed people that she had seen around town and heard about, about how they were healed completely. Maybe they told her about that story. But someone cared enough to tell her about who?
1: About Jesus.
0: Someone told her about Jesus because, look, let's, let's read here verse 27, the next verse. We know her condition in the verse twenty-seven. After hearing about Jesus, here's what we need to understand. I'm not so sure she was as focused on the healing as she was the person of Jesus Christ. I believe she heard about this man and knew that this man named Jesus could make a difference. She was hoped she would be healed. She believed she could be, but her faith went beyond her healing to the person of Jesus Christ. After hearing about Jesus in verse 27, someone told her about Jesus. That is an important part of this story. But what else happened? I believe you can also see that she wanted to encounter Jesus. Not only did she hear about Him and go, Well, that's great. He's over there. But she was so moved, she wanted to encounter this Jesus. And not wanting to draw attention to herself. Let's continue reading in verse 27. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind Him and touched His cloak. I want you to notice her position. She didn't come up to Him in front of Him. She didn't come to the side What did she do? She approached from behind. The only reason you would come from behind is so you would not be noticed. I want you to know this woman was probably used to having to blend in sometimes. No one paying attention to her for she was an outcast. The only time someone would pay attention to her would be, Stay away from her! But here she is. She's heard about Jesus because someone cared enough to open their mouth and say, let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. And she said, I want to encounter that man. And she says in verse 27, it says that she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought... I think that's really powerful. For she thought... I imagine it's because she had no one to tell this to. She thought, if only, if only I just touch his garments, I will get well. If I can just touch the edge of them, I will be healed, she said to herself. And so she began to make her way in that direction. Hudson Taylor said this, It's not a great faith that we need, but it's faith in a great God that we need. It's not simply the, the, the act or holding on to or grabbing a hold of this thing called faith. It's having faith in that great God. And she did. She had this faith that if I can just touch the hem of His garment, that's enough I don't have to talk to him. He don't have to talk to me. He doesn't have to look at me. All I got to do is just touch and I will be okay. So she makes her way through the crowd and touches. Continue to read with me in verse 29. Immediately, not after she got home, not after a while, immediately... The flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately. She knew something had happened and taken place. Healing came into her life. But I want you to know that the great thing about this woman was she never gave up. Let me tell you, someone who is sick with a chronic illness, you know what it will lead to? Particularly if it has to do with pain? Depression. And they will put on a face and they will put on a mask and make you think that they're okay. They will make you think, we're all good. When you go to talk to them, they're going to smile and say, I'm fine. But down deep inside, they could be falling apart. Feeling like they're alone. Feeling like there's no hope. And things will never change. But can I tell you something that's great about this woman? She thought it would never change. But maybe... Let's flip that. Maybe she decided to never give up. To never give up. I love this quote from Harriet Beecher Stowe. When you get into a tight place and everything goes against you till it seems as though you could not hang on a minute longer, Harriet Beecher Stowe says, Never give up because then in that moment is when the tides will begin to turn. Never give up. See, that is a mantra that we need to tell those who are sick and hurting. We need to encourage them and tell them, don't give up. God is with you. God will help you. I'm here to talk with you. Just share. I don't have to explain anything to you. Just don't give up. This woman did not give up. But how can we be like Jesus in this story? We know that she's come up behind Jesus, touched his garments. I know that we, we cannot necessarily heal people. Anybody here can just touch people and heal them? Uh, I can't. Jesus can. So how can we be more like Jesus in this story if we cannot just bring healing to people? Because I, I guarantee you, if I could heal people, I'd be going around touching people left and right. You got healing, you got healing, you got healing, and boop, you got healing as well. And while I'm at it, boop, boop, the two of you back there got healing. You know, I'd be passing it around everywhere. I'd be like, whoo, whoo, whoo. If you need something, come to me. But since I can't heal people, how am I to walk away from this scripture and be more like Jesus? Let's not dismiss this. Because I want you to notice what Jesus does. I think this is important that this happened Because there are other times that people would just be around him and touch him and be healed. And he never responded like this except for right here. Verse 30, immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And the disciples were like, Jesus, hello, there is a huge crowd around you. Everybody's been touching your garments. Everybody's been pushing in on you. And you ask, who touched you? Come on, Jesus. Verse 32, and he looked around. To see the woman who had done this. Jesus turned around. How did he spy the woman? Because there was a look in her eyes that there was something different. There was a look of hope and joy and peace she had never had before. Let me tell you, what happened in that moment was something special. But here's what I want you to hold on to. If you want to be more like Jesus... Here's what you need to do to be more like Jesus. Let my agenda, let your agenda be interrupted to encourage someone's faith. We hold on too tight to our agenda and to our to-do list. We hold on too tight to what we have to get done so that we'll be okay and we'll feel better when we get home. Because can I tell you something, just to be honest? My to-do list is never done, so I always go home with something that didn't get done. And what I have learned in my life, there was a time in my life where I I held on to my agenda so tightly that if anything thwarted me from what I wanted to get accomplished, I would be frustrated. I would take it out on people around me. I would just be, can I just be honest with you? Sometimes I'd just be mean because I wasn't getting to do what I had planned to do. Man. But then I learned something very important. I had placed my agenda over God's. Because God would bring people into my life that I needed to speak into, spend time with, do something that they needed. And I was missing an opportunity that God was given to me as a gift. All because all I wanted was my agenda accomplished. Here is Jesus. He's going to see this little girl who is sick and dying. And as a matter of fact, they come to Jesus and say, hey, don't worry anymore. She's already dead. It's over. Done. But on the way, Jesus cared enough to take his agenda of where he was going and stop. He didn't have to. This is the only miracle that is recorded where there is no dialogue before the miracle. She doesn't come up and ask to be healed. Jesus does not speak to her and tell her to go do something. He doesn't speak to her and say, You are now healed. He doesn't touch her. She touches Him unknowingly by all those around her. And she's changed. And Jesus stops. And I want you to notice what Jesus says. He turns around and He says, Who touched me? And He looked around to see the woman who had done this. Verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling... Oh, no, I'm caught. (gasps) Aware of this. What had happened to her came and fell down before him and told him everything. And here was Jesus' response. He didn't chastise her. He didn't say, well, you should have just come around to the front, and we could have talked about this, and we could have dealt. You should have made an appointment on my calendar and met me in the next town. You, you should have come to me after I met with this little girl because, you know what? She's now dead. Now I've got to go deal with death instead of just sickness. Jesus did not treat her that way. Jesus stopped, turned around, and looked at her. And look at the first word. I want you to look in your scriptures. That first word of what He calls her is a term of endearment, of love, of care, of family, of connection. He says, daughter. He didn't say woman. You know what she was called by everybody else? That woman who was unclean. More than likely, that's what they would say. But Jesus says, daughter. Remember? Remember? How the man had come to Jesus and said, Come and heal my what? My daughter. She's 12 years old and she's sick and she's dying. Now Jesus turns to this woman who probably, now this is just a spiritual guess, probably never knew what it was like to have a father to look at her with such endearment and say, Daughter, for 12 years at least, Daughter, he says, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Many times you will read where he will say, your sins have been forgiven you. Remember the, the man who was let down through the roof? Jesus said, so everyone will know which is easier to forgive sins or to heal. Take up your pallet and walk. Because Jesus had said, your sins are forgiven you. He, here, he doesn't address sin. He just simply says to this woman, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go your affliction has been healed. He encouraged her. He took time out of his agenda to speak into someone's life who had been suffering with a sickness who needed that encouragement. So if you want to be more like Jesus this week, take your agenda and hold it with an open hand. Here's what you do with this this message, this thing that I believe God is bringing to you today, and that is this. Hold your agenda with an open hand. Don't hold on so tightly to what you've got to get done that you miss the gift of the opportunity God gives you in your life to speak into someone's life or to encourage them while they're sick. Second thing is this. Second thing is this. Not only do we need to hold our agenda with an open hand, but we need to be ready To encourage someone. If you will open your hand on your agenda, God's going to bring you an opportunity. As a matter of fact, God's probably brought you some opportunities that you've missed. But if you'll open your hand and you're expecting it, God's going to bring you an opportunity. So be ready for it this week. Be ready. Be ready to encourage someone. Now, the final thing I want to give to you is a seven-day challenge seven-day challenge is this. I want you to encourage someone this week who is sick or someone's family of someone who is sick. This is a really strange message. This isn't isn't one like I'd normally preach, but God just laid this on my heart that that we need to be specific about praying for people who are sick because they often get forgotten, especially during a pandemic where everybody is quarantined. If you have nobody to reach out to who's sick, Call me. There's plenty of people in this church who could use some encouraging. As a matter of fact, we're going to do that right now. And can I tell you something? This does not count toward the seven-day challenge for you, okay? This does not count toward the seven-day challenge. Jack Bosworth and his family is watching right now at home. Jack goes in the morning to have surgery. In the morning... This surgery has to do with the cancer that is inside of him. He's been having treatments, radiation, chemo, for weeks and weeks. That finally ended. Then he had a gallbladder that's supposed to be here that was drooped down to his liver, causing all kinds of problems. He had to have surgery to take that out. Tomorrow morning, he will be going to have surgery where they will be removing a mass that is right around his esophagus. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray for him, and we're going to do it a little differently. Can you all hear okay? Good deal. Hey, Jack, are you there? I'm here. Fantastic. We're all here, and we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to do a virtual anointing of this family, and we're going to pray for them. This is probably something you've never seen because we're living in a time like we've never lived in before. If Jack was here, we would anoint him, we'd anoint his family, and we would pray over him because tomorrow is a big deal. It's a big deal what happens in the morning. We love this family. He's had to stay home because he cannot afford to get sick. So we're going to pray for him. Jack, Laura, if uh, you would just take the the anointing oil, Laura, and if you would anoint Jack right now. And then Jack, if you would anoint your family, we would greatly appreciate it because we can't be there to do this. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to anoint my phone, phone because you're on the phone. fantastic and here's what I want everybody to do I want everybody to just take your hand and reach it out toward the front up here if you're online there should be a button that may say uh, I'm I'm stretching out my hand to pray and Jack we're going to pray for you you have been dealing with this sickness for several months it was a shock and a surprise for Jack when he found out about this His family is worried. Jack's worried. But they got their faith in Jesus Christ that he's going to do a great work. So right now, don't just simply listen to me pray. I want everyone in this room, everyone online, I want you praying for the Bosworth family right now. You can see their picture on the screen here in this room. I want you to pray. Do not hold back because I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. That woman was healed that day, so His same power heals today and can take care of things. So we're going to pray right now. Just begin to pray. Father, our heavenly God, our great mighty, mighty warrior Father, God, we call on your name and the only name we know, and that is in the name of Jesus Christ today. The power of that no other name under heaven in which we might be saved, the one who who took our stripes, the one who brings healing into our life, the one who healed the blind and the lame and the sick and the demon-possessed and those with stuff that nobody could understand. Lord, we believe today that you can heal and do a great work in Jack's life. God, we pray right now as we've anointed Lord Him virtually in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that your Spirit will work because it is inside of Him and it will do a mighty work and when the doctors finish tomorrow, they're going to come out in amazement and look at Laura and say, we don't understand it. Something has taken place that we cannot explain. God, we believe in you and we have faith in you, not just in the miracle but in the one that does the the miracle and we believe you're going to do a great work Father we pray you encourage Laura you encourage Noah you encourage Ryan you encourage Sarah you encourage her fiance you encourage the whole family you do a great work so that when they return and Jack stands before this congregation he and his family can proclaim the goodness and the greatness and your faithfulness and your miracle in their life Father we believe this we don't just say it It's not just a mantra. It's not to to just do something, but we believe it in the name of Jesus that you're going to move in Jack's life in a mighty and powerful way. And we pray these things in the beautiful and mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Thank you. Guys, we... We love you guys so, so very much. And Jack, Laura, the whole family, I've been so amazed at your faith in the midst of all this. Absolutely amazed. Well, we look forward to hearing how this turns out, Jack and Laura. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it is our pleasure. We love you.
1: Love you. All
0: right, bye. Yes, sir. Mr. Lloyd, come on. Come on. Let me tell you something. This isn't part of the agenda, but it's okay. Yes, sir, I've brother. I've this friend.
1: Yes, sir. I've talked to you about it. Uh-huh. Jerry Kinsey.
0: Yes, Jerry Kinsey.
1: This has been going on two or three years. Uh-huh. Same thing we just studied in the Bible today. Mm-hmm. He's got a bleeding problem. Okay. Every, about every two weeks or every other week he has to go mm-hmm. and take a shot. Uh, he about give up like he mm-hmm. did. Well, let's pray for him.
0: Yes, do that. Let's, uh, hey, can I get some help up here? Would somebody come, come up here with Mr. Lloyd? Come on. Let's get around Mr. Lloyd. This is a man who loves his friend, Jerry Kinsey, who has a bleeding problem. He has asked me to pray over and over and over. And we want to pray for Mr. Jerry Kinsey right now. Come on, come on. Father, we thank you so much for the move of your spirit and for the love of your saints. How they love and care for one another. Father, Mr. Lloyd, he got up, he doesn't do this. Lord, he got up and he came up here because he cares about Jerry Kinsey and Lord, that he is suffering. But Father, we pray for your miracle. We pray for your power. We pray for a flow of your healing to just run into that man. Lord, that you'll do a mighty work. That Lord, today we cannot be with Mr. Kinsey, but we're here with Mr. Lloyd who loves him dearly. And Father, in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, we just lift him up to you. God, I thank you for what you've done in Mr. Lloyd's life and how you have brought him to this place and how you protected him recently when he had a bout of sickness and you brought healing back to his life. Father, right now we pray for Jerry Kinsey and pray for healing to just rush over him in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Who else needs prayer today? Who else has somebody that needs to be prayed for? Larry, would you uh, just sing something? We're going to stand and uh, some of our men, some of our deacons, women, whoever wants to stand up here. If you need prayer, if you have somebody that needs to be prayed for, would you come up here as we stand and as we sing? Larry, lead us in, in something right now. Everybody can please stand. If you need to come, if you need prayer, if you have somebody that needs praying for, would you come right now?
1: When the night comes and you're all alone, when there's trouble stirring in your soul, and if your world is falling apart, just hold on for the morning breaks to dawn. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: someone. The challenge this week was what? To encourage someone who is sick or someone's family. I guarantee you, you will be blessed if you do that. Be willing to let your agenda get interrupted this week and encourage someone. It will make a difference.